Welcome to Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, I am answering two questions that came in via our voicemail number of 516-308-2885. And because they came in via voicemail, somebody is going to win a free tutoring session. Coming up right now on the podcast. All units to entry. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Welcome back to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and I have been scanning since about the time that I can crawl. And I have a couple of decades of scanner radio knowledge under my belt, thanks to my grandfather and my father and even my uncle. And I want to take some of what it is that I know and help you with the scanner radio hobby. And that is why I've created Scanner School, why we do the podcast weekly, and why on the first Tuesday of every month I answer your questions. But I can't answer your questions unless you send me your questions. And you can do that by going to scannerschool.com slash ask. Right when you go there, you'll see either a number you can call, 516-308-2885, or there's a link there for SpeakPipe where you can leave me a voicemail as well. So if you have a microphone on your tablet, your computer, or yeah, even your phone if you're outside the country, you can still leave me a voicemail. If you're a little mic shy, that's great. That's fine. So you can still ask me your questions by putting your information in the text box on that page or simply by sending me an email, phil at scannerschool.com. So we've got two questions this month because they have some lengthy answers. And at the end of this podcast episode, somebody is going to win a free tutoring session. So with that, let us go directly into our first question, which comes in from Ray. Ray, go ahead and ask me your first question. Hey, Phil, it's Ray Baranyak. Thanks for taking my call and putting on the podcast. I was really surprised one day when I searched and found it. Kind of new to the podcast. I'd made it through the first couple dozen and then started jumping around, picking and choosing what I listened to. They definitely like to ask in a school episode. Answered a lot of questions that I've had and answered some that I didn't even know I had. I live in Lehigh County, Pennsylvania, not too far from you, and I'm pretty lucky that mostly everything law enforcement, fire, and EMS related is analog. I have a BC-125AT, and I just recently bought a BCD-996P2 used. I have a Diamond RH-77CA antenna on my 125AT, and the stock antenna still on the 996P2. So question one, I do not plan to put any antennas up on my house, but would I benefit from even an antenna like the Spectrum Force Wideband Auto on my 996P2 inside the house? Second. What am I missing out on feature-wise by just using FreeScan versus Butel or other licensed software services that I've heard you talk about? What are some features that, you know, would maybe be more interesting to me? And lastly, I want a new handheld P25 capable scanner. I love the DMA-type programming of the 996P2 and thinking about a BCD325P2. 
but they kind of get a bad rap from some guys. So I'm thinking about the 436 HP, but I really like the DMA programming. Will I like the HP platform? And is the 436 that much more of a better scanner than the BCD325P2? Thanks again, Ray Voronyak, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Hey, Ray, thank you so much for asking your question. I'm very glad to hear that you enjoy the Ask Scanner School sessions. They are probably one of my favorite podcast episodes to create, and I'm happy to be able to answer any questions that happen to come my way. I'm also happy to hear that I've answered some questions already that you've had and also that you didn't even know you have, which is great. As a reminder for anybody who's listening, the Ask Scanner School sessions do release on the first Tuesday of every month, and you can ask your questions by going to scannerschool.com slash ask. And also, if you leave your question using our voicemail number, you will be in a running for a free tutoring session. So, Ray, to answer your questions, because I know you have three of them here, let's start from the top and work our way down. So, having the Diamond SR77CA antenna on your BC125AT is a great way to start bringing in more signals to that radio. I have that antenna. I love that antenna, but I do consider it to be an armpit poker. And for anybody who listens to the podcast regularly knows that that means that if the scanner is on your belt and uh, just happens to sit there at that certain height, the antenna is low enough where it could potentially poke you in the armpits for the entire day. It's a rather lengthy antenna, but it works really, really well where it's tuned to, which is the VHF and UHF spectrum for amateur radio. And it does also bring in the 800 megahertz spectrum pretty well. Again, it's one of the antennas that I typically use during air show season when I'm out watching the the axe fly around and, and practice and whatnot. But will you benefit with your 996P2 by using something like the Spectrum Force? You could. And it all depends on what it is you are trying to listen to. So if you're trying to listen to a trunk radio system, a P25 system, and you have adequate reception now, which in other words means that you're bringing in all the transmissions that you would like to bring in, then there really wouldn't be a benefit of improving or changing out your antenna because you can't bring in 120% of the signal, right? There's a certain threshold where you've got great coverage and you don't want to maximize that. This is especially true when it comes to simulcast. Now, when it comes to simulcast, we have an issue where if you bring in too much signal, you could have problems decoding the voice channels. Again, this is a problem on P25 networks with multiple transmitter towers or locations. And the thing is, on radio reference, these are only indicated by a site, a single site. You have to look at the name of the site, and it should say simulcast. Now, if you look at the license for that site, you can also see multiple transmitter locations, if at all possible. And if you look at the license for that frequency, you can go ahead and click on it in radio reference. It'll bring up a map and also a list of the transmitter locations. Now, if it's not a simulcast site, you'll only see one location. But if it's simulcast, you'll see multiple transmitter locations, either towers, rooftops, etc. And that's how you know you have a simulcast to worry about. Now, on your 996P2, it does not do well at all with simulcast. So what that means is by putting a better antenna on your scanner, you could actually be hurting the reception of those voice channels. So what I recommend is if you're getting adequate reception now on your P25 network, let it be. Leave it alone. 
Good enough can be good enough in this type of example. Now, if you are trying to pick up conventional channels or repeaters or something like that, and it's not on a trunk radio system, then yeah, having a secondary antenna, a better antenna that's tuned for scanner radios, the public safety market or the public safety bands that we try to listen to, you can move that closer to a window, you can move it to higher elevation. That may be something you want to look at. And Whistler does make a couple of antennas that do look very interesting. Now, full disclosure, I've bought these antennas, but since coming down with the cancer diagnosis, I have really pulled back on the things that I have been tackling as far as the hobby goes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, we will put a couple of affiliate links down in the description of this video, which means if you click on them, we can earn a small fee for using those links. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll put the links down there as well. Same links, they will be affiliate links. So the first antenna that you can look at is the WMM860. This one is a really weird looking antenna. It's kind of like a disc cone. It does have the standard disc cone skirt at the bottom, but it has three or four whips that come out from the central base. And this antenna is a multi-band disc cone is what they call it. And it runs about $120 on their website. Again, magnet base. So you can put it on an air conditioner, a cake pan, a type of a file cabinet or something like that. The next antenna would be their WMM 460. Now, this antenna is just like the disc cone antenna, except it's missing the disc cone. It's the top elements only. It's about three or four whips that are kind of laid out in, in a weird circular pattern. And this one markets for about $50. Again, it does work well in the scanner radio spectrum. The final one is, which is probably comparable to the Spectrum Force you're looking at, is a WMM160, and that's the magnetic dual-band radio scanner antenna. And that one runs for about $34.99. Now, again, I would recommend not upgrading that antenna on the 96P2 unless you are trying to pull in more signals than you are receiving now. You're not listening to an, um, a P25 trunked system that is simulcast really good question to start off with. And let's go into your second question now, which is, are you missing features outside of FreeScan if you went with Butel software or ProScan? And I am actually going to bring in your third question with this answer, to be honest with you. Because you're looking to get into a 436 scanner, maybe not stick with the 325. And again, we're looking at a Home Patrol style scanner versus a DMA style scanner. Now, free scan, let's break it down. I might have a video out by now. I know I recorded it months ago, but again, with the cancer treatments, everything has been a little bit slow on my end. So it might be published by the time this video comes out. It might not be published, but we'll put a link to it when it does publish in the description of either the podcast or the YouTube video. And I will walk through soup to nuts how to do everything in free scan so you get an idea of what to look for. And again, eventually we'll make the, the pro scan and the, the Butel versions of the same type of video. Now, free scan is great. It's free software that will program a limited number or a limited set of Uniden scanners. They're all DMA scanners. So if you're not using DMA, you can't use FreeScan. And FreeScan is great because for the price of it, it's everything you need to get started with programming your scanner radio. That means all conventional. That also means trunk systems, EDAX, Motorola, Type 2, Rebanding, and P25. What FreeScan lacks is the ability to program in NXDN and also to program in DMR. Now, somebody did fork the existing or the latest release of FreeScan so that you can program in DMR conventional. 
And if you have no DMR, then it's not a problem for you. The nice thing too about FreeScan is the fact that you can easily take the programming from one DMA scanner and move it over to another. So now let's look at Arc XT or any of the other Arc software by Butel. Again, I am a Butel affiliate and I have been using Butel software since about the BC 780XLT days. So going back 20 years, I love this piece of software. Now, the problem with Butel is that it typically requires one version of the software and a paid license for pretty much most of the radios that are out there with some minor exceptions and the XT and P2 scanners being one of those exceptions. You can buy ARC XT for about $30 US, and that will do all of the DMA-style XT and P2 scanners. I like the interface better on the Butel software. I think it's a, it's a little bit more polished than you get in FreeScan. I think you get a little bit more customization, such as sorting, justifications, just bringing things in and porting them. And the Butel software will support everything your scanner supports, such as DMR, NXDN, ProVoice. And again, ProVoice is also not available in your FreeScan version of the software. ProScan is like a Swiss army knife. It is... Arc XT on steroids, meaning not only can you program your scanner, not only can you log and record like you can in both Arc and in FreeScan, but you can stream and you can do a whole lot more with ProScan than you can with FreeScan and Arc XT or Butel. Now, one of the features that I really like with ProScan is the ability to move between different types of radios. And I have done this several times where I take a programming software from DMA style scanners, right? A DMA layout. So you have to program with ProScan. And then what you do is you can convert that database file to another radio. So in other words, if you're comfortable programming your scanner DMA style and you want to move that over to a Home Patrol style scanner, as long as that scanner is supported by ProScan, you can do that. And I think that is one of the unique things about ProScan, besides all the other things that it can do that we won't list or mention here because the list will be just crazy long, is the fact that you can set up one radio or one database and now share that database file with your DMA scanners and your Home Patrol scanners. Now, you still will need Sentinel for your Home Patrol scanners in order to do the master database updates and also to do firmware upgrades as well. So don't discard Unidin's Sentinel. But I also think it's worthwhile using Sentinel. Sentinel is great if you have uh, the ability just to drag and drop. Anything that's in the Home Patrol database can be dropped into Sentinel. You can also copy and paste from an Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheets or even a notepad file and drop that into Sentinel. You can do the same thing in ProScan as well. But if you want to use Radio References Database in ProScan, FreeScan, or in ViewTel software, you must be a Radio Reference Premium subscriber in order to do that. With Sentinel, you don't have to do that. So you'll have to remember that with your DMA-style scanner and your Home Patrol style scanner that there's other options and tweaks that have to be made on each side. But again, you can have one master database and then convert it over to a Home Patrol style scanner. You can make those tweaked settings over in ProScan and then read it back into Sentinel. And then all of your changes that you make through ProScan will be sent to Sentinel because you're going to use your scanner as the intermediary or the, the go-between 
right? It's going to be your interface then between ProScan and also through Sentinel. So again, FreeScan is great to get you started. I think that if you can do basic programming, that's the way to go, right? It's free software to get you programmed. But if you're looking for more options, the one tier up from that is Butel Software. Again, I'm an affiliate for Butel. We'll put a link to Butel Software in the description. And also FreeScan, I stream and I run ProScan all day long on my computer. That's how I stream all my radios. And that's also how I look at my radios virtually on my desktop interface on my Windows computer. And you can also look at it on your smartphone and, and what else. It's, it's really a really unique piece of software. Ray, thank you so much for asking your question for the podcast. I really do appreciate having you do so. And again, I want you to just to remember, stand by, because you might win a free tutoring session at the end of this podcast. So as a reminder, anybody who's a Patreon supporter at the $3 or higher level gets this podcast episode delivered to their mailbox early. Not only their mailbox, but also their MP3 or podcast players, MP3 players, their podcast players, because they have a special link in Patreon that takes this podcast and pushes it directly to their device. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just one second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. All right, our next question comes in from Art, and Art's got a couple of questions, and we're going to answer them right now. Art, go ahead and take it away. Hi, my name is Art DeVry. I live in Clark, New Jersey, and I'm calling regarding the um, the SDS 100 scanner. I've been 
looking to get a scanner for quite some time now, and I kind of have my mind made up on that scanner. The question I have is, I was going to use it in my county, Union County. I was going to just put in the local channels that I need, the police department, the fire department, and some other emergency management channels, and just have like maybe 10 popular channels in my uh, scanner for the most part. And then I travel up to Maine and New Hampshire for vacation and, and other areas, and I was going to take it with me and then maybe use it up in that area. The question I have is, do I really need to program the scanner just to listen to some local channels in my area? Um, do I need, also when I go up to uh, Maine and New Hampshire, do I need to do anything special as far as programming? Can I just put in the local zip code and then try to decipher what's in the area? I'm not too... Um, I'm pretty savvy with programming some stuff, but I never had the uh, opportunity to program the uh, scanner myself. I've had some scanners in the past, like Radio Shack, and um, had a Whistler 1040, which I programmed just some local channels in my neighborhood on that. But I just wanted to know if I bought that scanner without programming it, would I have a heck of a time trying to deal with it, or do you really get locked into having to pay them to program it? That's the, the question I have. And also the other question is the antenna. Is the antenna that comes with it good enough for working in my local county? Or if I change the antenna to the, um, I think the Remtronic 820F antenna, will that give me a better range and I could pick up further? And uh, also another question is if I put an outside antenna on my house, external antenna, and I hooked it up that way, would I be able to go even further? And if I did do that, what would be a great location to put an antenna on the exterior of my house? I'll give you a bunch of questions. Thank you very much for taking my call. I'll be listening to you on the podcast. Take care. Hey, Art, thank you so much for asking me your question. And again, we're pretty much neighbors right across uh, New York City from each other, you being in Union County and me also being here on Long Island. And when conditions are just right, yeah, I can kind of hear what's going on in your neck of the woods. Now, to answer your question about monitoring 10 or so channels with the SDS platform, what I would really recommend doing is using Sentinel and setting up a favorites list just for the 10 or so frequencies or talk groups, whatever it is that you want to monitor. This will always set your scanner up basically for your home or a hot list or something that isn't influenced by your location. And by having these channels set up, you can always turn them off and on readily, easily, and you won't have any other frequencies, talk groups, or other nonsense coming in on your scanner that you didn't intend to listen to. I program up all of my Sentinel-based or Home Patrol-based scanners with this favorites list method. I rarely use the global database, the nationwide database, when I'm home. However... When I am traveling or I'm in places that I haven't programmed up my scanner ahead of time, then I will use the global database or the national database. And I'm going to tell you how that is done. So first of all, what you have to do is set your service types. Think of your service types as being a second layer of lockout or unlock or filtering on your scanners. So if we look at radio reference, you will notice that in the right-hand column of the Trunk system under talk groups or even on conventional, you'll get descriptions like fire talk or fire tag or law dispatch. You have to enable these same types of service tags 
in either the software or the scanner in order to be able to monitor these. And I like to use the lesson learned on my part where I was trying to program in the local U-Power utilities right before a storm hit. And I put them in their own favorites list. And every time I unlocked this list, it kept saying nothing to scan. And I couldn't figure out why. And I must have wasted a half an hour reprogramming the scanner a thousand ways to Sunday, trying to figure out why I couldn't get these utilities to scan. And then I realized that I did not have utilities turned on or enabled in my service types. So make sure that when you set up your favorites list, that you also set up your service types. Now, when traveling with your scanner, you can disable your favorites list, enable the global database or the nationwide database, then drop in your zip code, turn on the service types you want to monitor, such as law dispatch, fire dispatch, or something like that. And then you can monitor the local, wherever you're traveling, that local system or those local frequencies of talk groups. The next thing you want to look at, though, is the range setting in your scanner. You're going to want to set the range to be low, as low as possible. And you're not listening to actual towers or transmitters or towns that are X miles away from you. What you're listening to is the radius of your central point. So five miles out, 10 miles out, whatever it is. But if the radius of the tower also touches that five mile radius, that will unlock that. So for example, if you were in the South shore of Connecticut and you set your range too high, you could actually be monitoring Long Island or because Long Island is set up in a certain way here, you could be on the south shore of Connecticut, and even if your range is set to zero, it's still going to try and scan Suffolk County, New York. It's just the way that these scanners work. So the range filtering is your best solution to eliminate things that are too far away. And I always recommend setting it to zero because if a tower or a trunk system is set up that it covers your location when you're stationary, then that zero is a good enough setting to be at. While traveling, maybe you want to extend it a little bit more so you know what's going to happen where you're about to travel into. Now, speaking of traveling, what I do recommend is setting up a GPS with your scanner. This way, as you're leaving New Jersey and traveling through New York and going through New England, the scanner can automatically enable and disable trunk systems and conventional systems based not only on your range setting, but also what your service types are. So again, law dispatch while you're driving through New York should yield you the New York State Police and then also all the towns you drive through through New England and New York State and all your way up to where it is you're traveling to up to Maine. So a very easy way to set up your scanner without having to think about it is GPS scanning with your range filter and your service types filter. So to answer your first question, that is how you would set up your programming. Now, again, you can set all of this up ahead of time in Sentinel, and I would strongly recommend that you do a database update in Sentinel before your next trip. So you have all of the updated information in your scanner's database. All right, Art, for your next question, you had asked about adding or changing out the stock antenna. Now, the stock antenna is what we call an equal opportunity offender. So when you get a brand new scanner, they don't really know exactly what frequencies it is you're going to listen to. So they give you an antenna that kind of works across all of the bands. There's no real sweet spot. There might be a couple of dead spots in there, but nothing really works specifically super well. However, as I've said in countless other videos and on the podcast, is that you can't bring in 120% of the signal. So if the stock antenna works good enough for you, 
then there's no harm in leaving the stock antenna on the scanner. But if you want to bring in more, then yes, a tuned antenna could help. And what happens with a tuned antenna is it's set up for the frequencies that typically the antenna is designed for. And that helps to reach out further with the scanner, basically, right? You can receive more signal on those tuned frequencies. However, the compromise here is that frequencies that the antenna is not tuned for can be attenuated. And what that means is they may come in worse on that antenna than if you had just used a stock antenna. Now, the Remtronics 800 megahertz series antenna is tuned for 800 megahertz, meaning if your trunk system is on 700, 800, that antenna will do really well for you. But if you're trying to monitor low band or VHF or UHF, that antenna is not going to work that great. Okay. And the other issue is too, is Remtronics does make a VHF UHF antenna, but again, you're going to sacrifice 700, 800 using that antenna. So your best bet is to try and find the antenna that is going to work best for you with the frequencies that you need to monitor. And again, what I recommend is look at radio reference and see what frequencies are in use for where you live. And again, in New Jersey, you guys use that NJICS statewide system. I believe that's an 800 system or 700 system. So so the Remtronics antenna could work for you. Again, if you got great reception at home using the stock antenna, there's no harm in using the stock antenna and keeping it. However, if you're going to be driving with it, maybe you want to put a outdoor mobile antenna. And again, uh, Whistler makes some very interesting mobile antennas. And we'll put a link, an affiliate link in the description of this podcast episode, as well as the YouTube video. So if anybody's interested in the Whistler antennas, we will put a description in the video and also in the YouTube show notes. Another option, too, is Spectrum Force makes a nice antenna that goes on the car. And again, that one is sold through ScannerMaster. And again, we are also an affiliate with ScannerMaster. So I'll put a link to that antenna in the description here as well. Just different options for you to take a look at and see what you might like if you want to put something on your vehicle. Now, as far as answering your home question, again, same rules here apply. If you're listening to conventional, you'll send a low band, 700, 800, you can go further, right, with a discount antenna. A discount antenna, again, is an equal opportunity offender. It covers multiple bands. And again, if you listen to something like Coast Guard, Marine, Railroad, Aviation, you're going to want that outdoor antenna. You're going to want to get your antenna as high as possible on your house. Many people will strap an antenna on a 10-foot mast on their chimney because that's typically the highest point of their house. Sometimes you may want to put something that straddles the gable vent on your house as well. And I've got antennas in both locations on my house on the chimney and the gable. Just watch it. Make sure you're not going to interfere with the service drop for the power coming into your house because, again, antennas are conductors. And, yeah, you don't want that touching the high voltage lines coming in your house. Another location that you might want to consider putting antenna, and one that I've done on my house as well, is in um, the vent uh, stack on your house. So I've got a metal vet stack, it's not PVC, and I mounted a very small antenna to my vent stack. And if you don't have access to the outside of your house or you have a homeowners association to deal with or you're afraid of heights and you just don't want to deal with the hassle, nothing is wrong with putting an antenna inside your attic. And again, I have an antenna in my attic as well. So multiple different locations to put antenna. Again, height here is your best friend. Second to that is coax. Again, I do recommend LMR 400. It's got really, really low loss on high frequencies, but there's no shame to in using RG6. Again, not the greatest, but it's a lot cheaper. It's available at Home Depot or Lowe's or any other home center. And 
you can get crimp on BNC connectors for those uh, for that coax. And again, not really the best solution, but it's a solution to get you off the ground and get you using that new antenna. And then maybe later on, you could trade out that coax for LMR 400, which is again, half inch cable. And it's a little bit more money at about a buck a foot. And again, yeah, the connectors cost a bit more as well. So to summarize the last two questions here, you're not going to be able to bring in 120% of the signal, right? If the antenna you're using right now, the one that came with the scanner works good enough, then stick with it. There's nothing wrong with that. What you have to remember, though, about the SDS-100 is that there is a lip at the top of the scanner that prevents you from using most aftermarket antennas. Your best solution here is to buy the Remtronics or to use some sort of adapter to get over that little lip on the top of the scanner so that you can fully see an antenna on that SMA connector. And again, I have recommended diamond antennas in the past, especially the diamond SR, being SRH77CA in this example. And I had somebody say, hey, Phil, you talk about this antenna all the time, but it doesn't work well for me. And it turns out, yeah, he was trying to use it on his SDS-100 and he only got maybe a quarter of a turn on the threads, which was not nearly enough to make the center pin connect to the scanner. So he needed to use a barrel connector in order to get that antenna to fully seat on his scanner. So with that, I think getting an antenna on your house or on your vehicle, that may help with conventional channels. And it may help with some distant trunk systems. I wouldn't worry too much about simulcast on that SDS-100. But again, if you're looking at marine railroads, aviation, something that uses simplex, definitely you want an outdoor antenna. And if you're looking for an outdoor antenna, a discount antenna, I do recommend the Diamond 300 uh, NJ, I believe is, is a, I believe is the model number, but we'll put a link to that as well in the description of this YouTube video and the podcast episode. All right. Thank you so much for asking your question. Hopefully I've answered all your questions that you asked me and that you are doing all right with whatever scanner radio you happen to buy. So as a reminder, we'll put some links to everything we've talked about on today's podcast in the session notes. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, you'll see the links from Ray's question and Art's question in the podcast description. And again, if you're listening to this as a podcast episode, in the description of the podcast will be links as well and also on our website. So with that, again, Art, thank you so much for picking up the phone and leaving me your voicemail, and same to you, Ray. But only one of you is going to win this month's free tutoring session. And in order to do that, I have got a Google Sheet open here, and we've got number one and number two. Next to number one is Ray. Next to number two is Art. And we are going to refresh this random number generator five times, because that's what we've been doing. We refreshed the page five times. And we're going to see what this random number comes up to be. I can't see the one or a two, but I like to refresh it so that it is really random here. So let's go ahead and do this. One, two, three, four, and five. Art, congratulations. You are the winner of this month's Ask Scanner School tutoring session giveaway. So please reach out to me as soon as possible, and I will give you a coupon code that you can use to schedule your free tutoring session. Again, if anybody is looking for one-on-one -on -one help with your scanner radios or SDRs or software, something like that, you can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring and book me for a one-hour tutoring session. And of course, you can always put your name in a hat for a free tutoring session by dialing 516-308-2885 or using the SpeakPipe link over at scannerschool.com slash ask. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. 
Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Ross, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Danielle Cavallella, David Dombrowski, David Pasco, David C., David Kuzneski, Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junkmail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stanger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raven Hill, Rich Palmari, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Terry Wright, Thomas Jampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.